that was a um, a rural you know catholic you know area you know it's it was uh, the catholic church had mm. built a mission there you know so you could actually call me a mission boy you know yes. and uh, uh, there was a big catholic church there you know and a big uh, hospital you know uh, St. Rita's hospital you know and um, we had a um, one of the best the girls schools you know called the guardian angels you know high school you know so that is uh, around where i grew up you know but then um, i went to high school at a place called pex in uh, near Pulukwane, um, yes. you know and um, that was a catholic um, high school boarding school you know where with steeped in a lot of tradition you know actually my father went to that school my yeah. brothers went to that school and you did i went as well. there but while my kids said we're not going there you know so <laughs> we got to have a, a short left here you know so um so yeah i grew up uh, being a church type of person you know and uh, i went thereafter i went to a school called stutulwani mm. you know then just for a year there then i went to transvaal teachers training college in sokonguve ah. and i trained to be a teacher was so when you were you know growing up in in, in, this, in this space were mm. you always thinking of 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 being a teacher as the vision well, in fact, I had no idea mm. of what I wanted to do, you know, and that's why I became a teacher, you know, because my father was a teacher, you know, so, but I had no idea really, you know, uh, and some of the things that people do today that I was with at school, I wondered how did they know, you know, that these <laughs> things existed. So the, know, teacher, the teacher, the teaching role was the default role for it you. It was the default role, yeah. you know, and um, I felt comfortable, you know, but... Um, then I started teaching, you know, in a Catholic school, you know, Nohal, yeah. you know, so, but uh, it was only then, you know, that I started, you know, looking at other things, you know, because then uh, I got married quite young, mm -hmm. you know, and um, life was not as affordable, you know, as you want it to be, you know, mm -hmm. and um, in the end, you know, I decided that I need to take you know, another direction, yeah. you know, because uh, here, while I was a good teacher, believe you me, you know, and uh, I mean, I was such a good teacher that um, when in 1986, when there were the second uh, lot of, uh, you know, high school riots, mm. you know, I was a teacher at that point, you mm. know, and the students, they would not talk to any other teacher except me in the school that I was in, you know, they trusted me you know they knew that i was going to listen to them you know and uh, they knew that i was not for corporal punishment you know stuff like that mm. i would listen you know because mm. i always believed you know that the beating children is because you can't reason with them so they beat you so you resort to violence you know so that you can subdue them you know so um but then i could not afford you know those basic things in life which I took for granted as basic, mm. you know, and uh, I had to look, you know, elsewhere. and also, you know, sometimes you make some financial decisions which come back to haunt you, you know, and then you are not able to save <laughs> with them, you know, mm. you go to a machonisa, you know, and then you come back and you know that coming back, then you must pay them back, mm. and you can't pay stuck them back because cycle. you're stuck in a big cycle, mm. so you got to leave this environment you know and go to a new environment and that's what i did you know and um i became an insurance agent you know by, let by, me by, stop you yeah, for a moment yeah, and, and we'll continue yeah. with with this journey I'm, I'm so interested in this 
this period, 1986, the second bout of student riots happened. There you are, you're a teacher. I'm sure everyone is curious about the kind of conversations you were having with young people. I mean, young people today, very active, um, as you see in our universities. What was it that you, and you say it was, it, it was the fact that you didn't use corporal punishment, you reasoned with them. What is an effective way of communicating with an angry generation? I'm just curious. Well, I don't know uh, really what is the most effective way, but I believe you've got to listen. Oh. You know, because, you know, young people, um, they believe that they are right all at time. all times. Mm. You know, they don't care that you have lived how many years before them, you know, and uh, they have an idea in mind and they think that that idea is the correct idea, yeah. you know, and they don't know that truth is uh, relative. You know, and uh, they don't know that uh, maybe they might be wrong. Mm. You know, they've got youth on their side. You know, they still believe that they are going to, you know, grow into this uh, massive successful people, that they are going to get married, that they're going to have many children, and they're going to be able to, you know, to take care of them, you know, more than any other person, you Mm. know. And Mm. uh, so, if you don't listen to them immediately, you are lost, you know, because they'll keep on going on, you know, because, and then they don't, they don't, I, I, I don't know, from what I've seen, you know, is that, uh, but when you listen to them, they would know when they come unstuck that at least that one adult used to listen, you mm. know, before, you know, and then they will revert to you, you know, and say, okay, but uh, well, what are you saying there, you know, <laughs> and uh, let's listen to you, we yeah. can talk to you. So, so I believe, you know, if you don't talk to them, you've lost them, mm. you know, and uh, from the word go. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And, and so then, then then you went into insurance. Yeah, I went into insurance. You know, and it was by accident as well. You know, it's, it's a, it was not a planned, you know, a thing, you know. And uh, I had a guy when I was a teacher then, you know, who was selling insurance in our, you know, he came to our school and I said to him, you know, please come and see me at home. You know, I want to take a funeral, I mean, an insurance policy, mm. you know. And he came to my house. He asked me for my uh, ID. I gave it to him. He took out a form, wrote out something, said sign here, and then I signed, and he left. And I said, what happened here? Is you know, this, this, well, you know. <laughs> then two weeks later, he comes back with an insurance policy, okay, and says, here's your policy. You know. And um, I've got a 15,000 rents cover, life cover in that policy. Mm. I've got a bond of 72,000 rents. Mm. So <clears throat> I reason. So it means if I had to die now, my wife has to go back to her mother, you know, because I will not have covered myself adequately, you know, and uh, it will mean that now my children who were there at the time, you know, they will say, oh, our father was not such a clever guy, you know, and I couldn't live with that, you know. So, but then I also came to to hear that uh, this guy was actually one of the highest earning, uh, you know, agent, you know. Really? Yeah. I said, but if that guy is so bad (laughs) and he's earning so much, if I go there, it means I'll make a fortune. Mm. You know, and uh, the seed was planted then in my brain to say, okay, this is what something I could do. It took me about 12 months later for me. Then I actually, you know, applied, you know, and... um, but then I had a lot of financial pressures, you know, so, so it's, these things were just like uh, taking me in one direction, in a certain direction, you know, and I, I went to the floor, you know, uh, and uh, a year later, I applied, you know, to, to Metropolitan Life, you know, and then I became an agent, you know, yes. and um, 
uh, as I was there, you know, I then actually about three months in, I was actually teaching, you know, even the old guys how to sell insurance, you know, because fortunately as a teacher, I was a mathematics teacher as well as an economics and a business economics teacher. Ah. So I could deal with these things, you know, and um, I thought, you know. So, and uh, so I kept on teaching then, you know, even my colleagues, you know, then how to, to sell life, life insurance, you know, and, uh, and unfortunately, you know, as the years, the following year after I joined in, uh, that was um, or two years later, we had a massive strike, you know, where I was working, you know, and uh, for four months we went without mm. uh, salaries, you know, commission or whatever, you know, and then uh, that's when I said, you know what, after this strike, I am not going back to work for this company where a strike is possible, mm. you know, so I decided that, you know what, I will form a brokerage where I'm independent, I'm my own boss. Is that Afshaw? You know, Unity Afshaw. Yes, yeah, that's Unity what we, Yeah, that's where we, 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 we and then we became, uh, you know, in fact, I could say probably the first successful uh, black brokerage, you know, at the time. Because what year was this? When, when you this was 1991, mm. you know. Uh, 1991, you know, so yeah, because up to that time, all the black brokerages that had existed, especially life life insurance brokerages, they went in for a year and then they were out, mm. you know, and uh, because it was a difficult environment, you know, and um, so I was there at Unity Offshore, you know, then we started it, you know, and uh, with three partners, you know, in the, you know, and uh, we, but became like victims of our own success, you know, in the in the sense that, you know, you start a business, you know, you most of the people that we were with at the strike followed us, you know. So all of a sudden we were hiring eighty people. You know? And uh, you must understand In a very short period very of time. Sh- yeah. And you must imagine that now where we come from, we were junior management. Mm. Now here we are the board, mm. we are the senior management, you know, and then there is no bridge between that, you know, and, uh, you know, sales manager, marketing director, or, you know, CEO, or whatever, you know, no, no bridge whatsoever, you know, so we made all sorts of mistakes, you know, in that business, you know, but the nice thing is that now we learned, you know, we learned, you know, and as we learned to say, oh, this is how you run a business, we make mistakes, but we go on, you know. You've got to keep moving. We, we keep on moving, yeah. you know, and then as month end, as long as we can pay, you know, salaries, you know, we pay, you know, and then uh, we go on. But the nice thing is there was never a month end where we could not pay our people. Oh. You know, that was always paramount, you know, oh. with our partners, we agreed that this we must always do, we must never but not on this fact, you know. And yeah, so but let's do this. We're going to yeah. take a moment and then we'll open up the lines for questions. But it's an interesting journey, hey? This is a black businessman in 1991 opening up an insurance broker's um, company in Unity Afshire Insurance. Mm-hmm. If you remember it, give me a call, 0891-104-207. Again, 0891-104-207. Today, Mr. Obrim Kabela is the CEO of 21st Century Life. We'll get to know what he's doing uh, with his business today and continue with this life journey of building this brand mm. that is Mr. Mkabela. The mm. number to call again, 0891-104-207. Movers and shakers on the talk shop. Finding out the story behind businesses and the people who build them. 
Right, Eddie was on the line. Eddie, you're gone. Just call us back so we can get your number and then make sure that you're able to, to speak to our guest, Eddie. Number again, 891 If you'd like to speak to our mover and shaker, he's the CEO of 21st Century Life. He's an entrepreneur in the funeral business with 25 branches across the country, 68 jobs that are being created by each of those branches. That's massive. Um, yeah, call in with your questions, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you want to find out how to grow your business. This is a great opportunity to speak to someone who's done it and done so successfully as well. I was, I was asking during the break there, in 1991, here you are, this black entrepreneur in the insurance space. Was there um, pushback or a lack of trust, perhaps, in the fact that who are you, this black man selling insurance? Do you even know enough about what you're doing? Well, I don't think so. You know, mm. it was actually a very interesting, uh, you know, period, you know, because at that time, people were really becoming more and more aware of insurance, you know. So if you sold your insurance policies well, you know, people they wouldn't accept you. Mm. You know, it is only when, you know, people would go or speak to people and then cheat people, you know, and by, uh, you know, you agree to pay 50 rands and then the, when the policy document comes, it's 150 rands, you know. So then you lost, you know, the trust, you know, the people. But, you know, I had very good partners, you know, at Unity of Show, you know, and uh, and all of us, we were coming back from the company that we're with. We were all in management, you know, and mm. therefore we actually sort of in a way knew how to operate, you know, and, you know, cooperate well together amongst ourselves, you know. Mm. But um, <clears throat> even then, we still had, you know, those bad apples amongst the people that we hired, you know, who would go out there and want to take people out for a ride, you know, so that they can get commission, you know, quickly. You how know. did you deal with them? Well, uh, you know, the, 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 the insurance industry is very, you know, uh, precise. You know, if you... Don't if you if you go and write policies that don't exist. It takes about three months. You'll be exposed, mm. you know, and then uh, you get the clawbacks, you know, or commission reversals, you know, and then you'll end nothing, you know, and uh, that will actually just flush you out of the system, mm. you know. And then if you are lucky, you know, and but after a while, then they can see there was this uh, thing called as referencing, you know, oh. by the insurance industry, which means they are like give you a red card, permanent red card. You cannot sell insurance, you know, anywhere. In South Africa again, you know, today they call that um, disparing. Right. Know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that usually would take care of the bad apples, you know, in the in the in the industry, you know. But um, you know the fact that you know that Unity of Show as it came in, you know, what was significant about it is that now black people now wanted to be started to believe that you can actually form a brokerage and mm. succeed, mm. you know. And uh, so many people came through UNITF show and went on to become independent brokers, mm. you know, by themselves, you know, because at least of what we had done then in 1991, you know. And um, for that, I think, you know, uh, we can stand proud with my partners that yeah. we had then to say we started something that made people believe that mm. this is a business that we can do and do it successfully, you know. Says you broke the glass ceiling for so many. You broke the glass ceiling for so many. Let's take a call. Yeah. Um, we have David Matsumbuka on the line. David, good evening. Hi. Good evening, my lady. How are you? I'm well, David. How are you? <clears throat> and also... Good, good evening, Aubrey. How are you, my teacher? <laughs> Thank you, David. How are you? 
David Vasombo, is one of the learners at the school where you taught uh, when it was still a Christ the King. Oh. A Christ the Priest and later called St. Paul High Schools. Yes, I remember that one. Yes, I hope you remember me because I was one of the learners who was not bad in class and uh, <laughs> also was, was also good in soccer. You remember Come and Go? Come and Go, yes. Yes, but uh, Yes, I hope I hope that I'm also speaking on behalf of the the learners, all the learners, and and educators, mm. and any other one who could not be able to speak. Mm. With Obri is my mm. he was my teacher, he's still my teacher. But we are saying congratulations and thanks so much that. He has moved up to where he has moved. Mm. We greatly appreciate We are also uh, inspired by him. As you are talking and as, as you are introducing him, I'm busy taking notes, you know. I don't even want to tell you that I was taking notes while I was driving, which is not a good thing, eh? oh, in terms of the traffic. Oh, but uh, I'm taking every note in what he's saying, and we know where he comes from. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, to say, uh, Aubrey, continue the good work, continue to inspire and help others. Especially some of those of us who are still trapped in government work, you know, uh, yeah. uh, so that we can also become entrepreneurs. But lastly, and most important, there are two things we are going to request. We have been struggling that we want to go back and do what you call a reunion at St. Paul's High. Can I really request that uh, I could have some contact numbers with uh, Aubrey? Okay, uh, let's, let's so do that this. We can take them at let's up. do this. Stay on the line, and then um, Stanza, who's my producer this evening, will take all your details and pass them on um, to, to my guest. Is that all right? Okay, we have your number already, David. We'll pass it on. Thank you so much for calling. Jeba is on the line in Cape Town. Jeba, good evening. Hello, man. Hi, but how are you? I'm fine, thanks, Olivia. Mm. Uh, uh, it's the same thing with the last caller. I've been taking notes myself. So. Really? We we started a brokerage company, I think it was last year. Mm. And uh, the underwriter that we've got uh, asked us to have at least 10 clients so that they can underwrite us. But now the problem is we have more than 10 clients. But we are, it seems as if we are stuck in the same place. Mm. It's very difficult to market it. And uh, there are times when I really think of giving up. And uh, I think maybe this gentleman can give us some advice mm. on how to to persevere. There's sometimes I really think of giving up. Mm. Because you speak to one client and say, no, I have a funeral policy. Especially in Cape Town, each and every township that you go to, there's mm. someone who's selling funeral policies. So what is it that we can do different that people will... Uh, We'll take our funeral costs. Okay, that's a good question. Well, uh, Jabba, I think it is important when you start something new that uh, it must be new. You know, it sounds like a simple concept, but uh, if you are offering the market what is there already, there's not much, you know, that people see in what you're offering. But if what you give in, maybe it's uh, disrupting the market or it's bringing something innovative, you know, and uh, it's solving a real problem, you know, then people tend to 
you know, to be attracted to what you are offering because it is solving an, a, a real and an existing problem. Mm. Now, if you're going to say, here is a 10,000 rands funeral policy which uh, everybody else is offering in the market, why would a person buy from a new person? You'd rather buy from the old people because at least they have a reputation, you know, so... So you have to innovate and make sure that uh, your product, you know, is, um, you know, it's new. It's mm. bringing something that has not been there in the past. Yeah, innovation. Uh, Eddie, Eddie is on the line in Odendalsris. Eddie, good evening. Yes, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Mm. Um, my lady, please, I'm sorry to say this over, over the air. Uh, please check your Facebook inbox, please. Okay. I just, I just left a message there. On, yeah, on, on the, the SAFM one or my own? No, your own. Your okay, own. okay, I'll check. Yeah, yeah let, let, okay, thanks. Let me just say, you know, Nalidi, you, you guys, together with your producer, you, you, you don't know how much are you empowering us oh. as listeners of SAFM. Thank you. You know, your, your, your guest <laughs> and your first caller said he's taking notes while he's driving. Mm. I don't want to declare that. <laughs> But don't. I'm also doing the same. Don't do that, Ed. And but, <laughs> but I'm saying you don't know what change you are making to the lives of South Africans that when you bring people there and share their history with us, mm. you don't know how remarkable is that. Mm. Uh, I just wanted to, to, to I just wanted to say that. But yeah. to your guests, I just want to ask because sometimes as um, uh, entrepreneurs we 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 fear failure. Mm. Now, I just want to ask him whether is he having any traits of failure recorded against his name? Ah, recorded against his name. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What a way to put it, Eddie. Thanks, thanks for calling. I don't know. It's, it's said over and over again um, that there is no such thing as failing, especially for entrepreneurs. It's all a lesson. But is, it, is, that, is that a cliché? Do you have failures recorded against your name? <laughs> yeah, I have many failures, you know. I have um, done many things, you know. At one point, I was um, one of the first black people in South Africa to own a Harley-Davidson dealership, you know, and um, sure. it didn't succeed, you know. We lost tons of money, millions of rents in that business. But, um, you know, then you prefer you know, to, to learn from it, mm. you know. And um, I mean, in the third year when the business tanked, you know, we actually made a profit, you know, and uh, but uh, we didn't have, you know, any more money mm. to run the business, mm. you know. So I think uh, in any business that you do, you know, the most important thing you learn is that cash is king, you know, and um, whatever you do in the business, make sure that there is cash that is that cash is what's going to keep the cop business going, you know, and um, it doesn't matter, you know, how brilliant your idea is, how brilliant your product is. If you don't have working capital, mm. that cash that works, you know, in the business, you know, that business is not going to succeed, mm. you know. So, yeah, you know, um, sometimes it's a cliche, but I think most of the time you have to choose to learn, you know, because you can go from... Uh, one failure to the next and not learn anything, you know, and so... You have to choose to learn. You have to choose to learn, yeah, from from, from whatever it is that you're doing, you know, Mm. and uh, because sometimes you take some decisions, you know, and uh, you've come across uh, situations where you you ask yourself, 
what was I doing, you know, and um, if you don't choose to learn, then you make it again, you know, and then you have another problem, you know. Ah, again. Yeah. ah over and over again, what yeah. Albert Einstein yeah. called insanity, doing the same thing exactly. over and over again. Yeah. I'm going to take just one last call, and then we need to continue and talk about 21st century life, yeah. and just, you know, keeping your eye on, on the vision of growth, very important. Uh, Pumula is on the line in Bombela. Pumula, good evening. Hi, good evening, how are you, ma'am? I'm well, but how are you? Good, and good evening to Mr. Mkavela. How are you? I'm okay, Pumla, and how are you? Good, thank you very much. Um, I just also want to post our EKS Vivanelli uh, to contribute to the discussion. Mm. I'm very much inspired uh, from what you have said. It's really a story that turned out very nicely. And fortunately, I'm one of those people, when I was young, when I started working, uh, I was uh, lucky to have a 21st century policy at that time. Mm. And uh, really, it's a good story, and some of us are inspired, especially when you look at uh, places like Momela, you look at your local 21st century uh, uh, franchisee or whatever, or shop. Uh, the level of service that they give, mm. you can see that there's really good uh, practice, business practice behind the model and all that. Mm. We sort of are really grateful, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Pumula, thanks for calling. And I suppose that that really is what's most important, is the service that you're offering your customers. And it's not an easy business that you're in with 21st century life, a funeral business. That's, that's a harrowing business. You're dealing with people that are going through some of the toughest things in their life, and you need to ensure that you're professional and compassionate all at the same time. Mm. What's, what's the magic trick, especially when you've got 25 branches? How do you ensure that there's quality all across all of those branches? Well, it's not easy, but, um, you know, you've got to genuinely like people. Mm. Mm. to succeed in business, you know, and um, you can't do it for the money only. You know, if you do it for the money only, then um, you're going to take decisions that are going to compromise you, you know. So you must want to help people, you know, in whatever. You know, the most satisfying thing, you know, when somebody's at death, they've lost something mm. that they cannot recover in this lifetime. Mm. You know, and um, you need to make sure that now that transition from them accepting the death and burying their beloved person, that they are not traumatized by you as a service provider. On top of that. On top of that, yeah. you know. So, and people don't have a death in their families all the time. So people are inexperienced mm. in as far as death is concerned. You see, on average, you have experienced a death about once in every 13, 14 years. Mm. So you're not really, you know, experienced in, you know, yeah, you know, taking care of this emotion, you know. So and the arrangements. And, and the arrangements yeah. and the thing. And there are so many of them. And, you know, and then you have a specific time that whatever all these things come up to, at a certain time, on a certain date, that funeral must take place, you know. And, um, mm. you know, you have a deadline, literally speaking, you know, to say, 11 o'clock on Saturday, this must happen. So whatever it is that you are, you know, arranging must be done by that time. Mm. You know, so Quarter past 11 yeah. doesn't cut it. No. Five past 11 doesn't cut no. it. African you, time. People <laughs> are angry, <laughs> yeah. you know, by that time. When yeah. you, if you come 30 minutes late, oh, you know. You've disrespected. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
It's important. We're going to continue speaking to our mover and shaker, Mr. Obri Mkabela, the CEO of 21st Century Life. And send your messages to me, 34701. I'll read them after this. You won't hear hotter conversations anywhere else. SAFM, keeping the temperature soaring all summer. Quality conversations about your quality of life. The Talk Shop with Naledi Moleo. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. So there's an SMS here from Dr. Velintlapa. Your guest is fortunate that a student gave him feedback. I'm still awaiting feedback from my pupils as a former teacher, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Veli. Thanks for sending that. Um, Clive Muller from Hamburg in the Eastern Cape says, Hi, lady. Eddie said it all. Your programs are always so informative, and we all learn a lot from your invited guests and some of the inspirational calls. Clive, thank you so much for that SMS as well. So I still need to talk about growth. And, and for anyone who, who's running a business and they hear 25 branches across the country, they're thinking, what is it that in your thinking allowed you to do that? Well, I think, um, you know, growth is a very dangerous thing. But it's a very necessary thing. You know, as you grow, you know, a business becomes complex. Mm. You know, you've got to deal with geographical uh, issues. You've got to deal with uh, the situation that uh, you're no more in control of what is happening, you know, in that place, you know. And um, and a lot of uh, <clears throat> things happen, you know. Um, unfortunately, you know, people, when they are left on their own, they tend to not become very honest, you mm. know, and then they will tend to, you know, work you know, and put some things aside for themselves, you know, and that then becomes a, um, you know, a danger for, for the business mm. in the sense that now you might find yourself, you know, if you grow too fast, you know, that the management that you have is not adequate, you know, to, you know, to, 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 to manage that growth. I think actually the biggest, you know, problem that I've had in business more than many people is that now, it is to have a quality management to manage the growth of of the business. Mm. You know, if I had had better management, I think by now we would be at hundred or two hundred branches. You know, and uh, but management, you know, quality of management, quality management, that for me is you know the biggest uh, issue. You know, with growth. Yeah. If you've got the right yeah. people, you can do anything. Yeah. You know. There's power in having the right kind of leadership. And I, I need to let you go, and I, I wish I didn't have to, because this is, this is very empowering, even for me. Now, what is, what is it that you, that you do to remind yourself of where you're going? I'm, I'm asking, I don't know, I suppose I'm asking for your, um, your, I don't know if it's a mantra, whatever it is that you do to, to keep you motivated. Well, look, you have to grow. Hmm. If you don't grow, you die. It's as simple as that, mm. you know. So, and uh, but you've got to make sure that now your growth is uh, quality driven. You know, if you are quality driven, you know, then you will grow and be something, you know, uh, great. You know, and uh, you need to make sure that you don't compromise on your promise to the public. You know, if you say to people, use 21st century, we guarantee you that we will treat you in a certain way. You know, people will expect that of you mm. at all times. You know, and uh, if um, you take decisions based on how much money I'm going to make out of this situation, then you're going to have a problem. You know, yeah. so quality of service, 
you know, that is what is important. Give people and don't discriminate amongst people, you know. And then because you might, somebody might come in there and say, I've got 10,000 rands for a funeral. And then you, you look down upon that person, you know. But you don't know that person has got a relative who can spend 200,000 rands with you. Hmm. You know, but because of what you did there at the 10,000, 5,000 rands funeral, that person with 200,000 rands to spend with him will say, no, I'm not going to use those people because they look down upon people. Hmm. So you've got to be consistent. Once you agree to service people with the name 21st century, then that is what you must stick to. Make sure that now that promise that the people will get that service, you know, that we say never stand alone, you know, to people. That's what our tagline is. Never stand alone. We are here. We're like your uncle that you don't have. You mm. know. So we must be true to that at all times, you know, then, yeah. You've given us so much to think about. An SMS from Tomo that says, Naledi, please tell um, Aubrey that Tomo is listening attentively and feeling inspired. Tomo, thanks for sending in that SMS. Naledi, thank you so much. Thank it's been a pleasure much. speaking to you. We've, we've <laughs> you know, we've had, we've had uh, listeners saying they're taking notes during this discussion. And I tell you, if you're a teacher once, you're a teacher forever. <laughs> teacher forever. Yeah. Um, at MJ, at says, at SAFM Radio, at Naledi Mulao, inspirational story of Mr. Mkabela on SAFM. Thanks for tweeting that. You can tweet as well, at SAFM Radio, the hashtag is the talk shop. Thanks to our mover and shaker, the CEO of 21st Century, uh, 21st Century Life, Mr. Aubrey Mkabela.